Welcome. This is Jesus, men and women. It's essentially just talking about the relationship of us with each other and our relationship with God and how all of that is very connected. And I think that the best way that we can see how connected that is, is in the story of the Bible. And so we're going to be reading through uh, the whole thing chronologically. I want to hear my voice, read the words of God, and I want to enrich myself and you if I can um, and give God the glory for his word and thank him for just allowing us this space to reverence him and to speak about him and to learn from him. So I just want to thank you for sticking with me through the changes and riding along through the wave of the new things to come. Okay. Uh, God bless you. And we will get into the word in just a moment. Genesis 25. Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Letushim, and Leumim, and the sons of Midian were Ephaph, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Elda. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac his son to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life which he lived 175 years then abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age an old man and full of years and was gathered to his people and his sons isaac and ishmael buried him in the cave of machpelah which is before mamre in the field of ephron the son of zoar the hittite the field which abraham purchased from the sons of heth there Abraham was buried and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roy. Now this is the genealogy of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maidservant, bore to Abraham. And these were the names of the sons of Ishmael, by their names according to their generation. The firstborn of Ishmael, Nebajoth, then Kedar, Adbeel, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadar, Tema, Jetur, Napish, Nafish, and Kedama. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these were their names by their towns and their settlements, twelve princes according to their nations. These were the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years, and he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They dwelt from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt, as you go toward Assyria. He died in the presence of all his brethren. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. 
Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel the Syrian and Padan Aram, the sister of Laban the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were filled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So they named, so his name was Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau, a skilled hunter, a skillful hunter, a man of the field, and Jake, but Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked the stew, and Esau came in from the, seat, from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Then Esau despised his birthright. Praise the Lord for his word. Amen and amen. Okay, so, um, do I even have to go through these? Yes, I do, because there was a lot of names in the beginning of this chapter, and basically I summed it up to make things most understandable for me. There's, there's a, they go into the genealogy of Abraham, right, a little bit before he dies, and um, after Sarah died, he took on another wife, and her name was Keturah, and she had six kids through him, yeah, Abraham had six kids with Keturah, and then those kids gave Abraham seven grandkids, and those kids gave him three grandkids, um, he ended up sending all of the kids that he had from Keturah, it seems. If I'm wrong, let me know. But it seems that Abraham sent them to the east before his death. So that's what the word says. Um, and now, let's also remember the fact that before Keturah, he had uh, Isaac with Sarah. And before he had Isaac, he had Ishmael with Hagar. So the firstborn of Abraham is Ishmael, the secondborn is Isaac, and um, he had already sent Ishmael away with his mom way back when, um, so he raised Isaac with his wife Sarah, the promised seed, and the promised wife, and <laughs> um, they lived their life, they raised their family. And um, everything was great. 
Terah then passed away, so he got a new wife. But Ishmael is still his seed and is still out there. Now, um, when Abraham was 175 years old, he passed away, and Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, the same cave that his wife Sarah was buried in. And the word says, God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt in Beer Lahai Roy. Then the word goes on to talk about Ishmael and his lineage. And it goes on to say that Ishmael had twelve princes, and I will not I will not butcher the translation. The the I will not butcher the mention of their names. Again, you already heard that in the first part of this podcast episode, but um, 12 princes according to their nations and their names were given um, also depending on the land that they were from which leads me to believe that um, he probably had those sons with more than one woman but I'm not entirely sure of that so um, Ishmael died at 137 years old, and he dwelt from, or he and his kids, or his kids, dwelt from Havilah to Shur, east of Egypt to Assyria. Um, and Ishmael died in the presence of all his brothers. So that leads me to believe that Keturah's kids were also a part of that death. Or they were there when Ishmael died. Or Ishmael died in the same country that they were in. That's my understanding of what I've read. So now we move on to Isaac. And before we even move on to Isaac, I just want to point out that every single time that I come to do one of these episodes, I start yawning something crazy. And I don't know if it's because I always do it at night or... I actually don't even do it at night. It doesn't matter what time of day I do it. As soon as I start talking about God, as soon as I start getting into my word, as soon as I get closer to what I am destined to do, it's... uh, It's this... Oh, my goodness. Uh. It is this unshakable, deep sense of sleep that overwhelms me a little bit. But I digress. Because the next part of this story is surely really weird. (laughs) Okay, so the word says that Isaac and Rebekah got married or got together when Isaac was 37 years old. And at that time, Rebekah was barren. So Isaac prayed to the Lord to open up her womb and he did but it took 23 years for that to happen when all of that time it would have been so easy to either forget the promise or kind of like chalk it up to I don't know what but I I just feel like I would have been like I mean it's been this long God I was was taking so long 
but at the same time, I'm sure that they had a lot of things to do in that time, a lot of things that the Lord was working within them in that time in order for them to be ready for the promised seed or seeds for them to have an understanding of what was going to happen. So at 60 years old, Rebecca is now, or when Abraham, uh, when Isaac was 60 years old, Rebecca now becomes pregnant with twins and the twins start fighting in her womb. And she says within herself, we're out loud, not sure, but she talks to God and she's like, if everything's okay with my pregnancy, meaning you said this was going to happen and I'm finally here, what's the problem? Well, when she inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered and the Lord said, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, I will correct something that I said. Um, they got together when he was 37, but he didn't necessarily pray for her to have kids at that time i guess he didn't really realize that she was barren until some years have passed and they still had no children so it was after he prayed that the lord finally opened up her womb i don't know when that happened but it just says that um now isaac pleaded with the lord for his wife because she was barren so it took some time for him to notice that she wasn't able to have kids. And then he prayed and boom, God was like, all right, cool, here you go. So Rebecca is now told that the seeds that are growing within her womb are struggling within her. And that's why she's feeling what she's feeling. And um, yeah. So when the days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And now I, I we are so used to the technology that we have now that I, I definitely took for granted the fact that she wouldn't have known that she had more than one child inside of her. So the restlessness that she was feeling in her womb is something that would have been a bit foreign to the people at the time or because twins are not a common occurrence one mostly are pregnant with one child and if there is some kind of restlessness within your womb when you're pregnant with one child it's usually an indicator that something is wrong um, but the Lord revealed to her that she had more than one baby in her womb and um, let her know what the fate of these two people that she was growing inside of her was going to be. And so we got Jacob and Esau, if you're familiar, and uh, you should be if you're reading this, and if you're not, then you can just read the story. But to give you the basics, Esau was named Esau because he was born all red and hairy, and I guess Esau in... Hebrew is a variation of the word slash color red. As he grew, he became a skillful, hunt, a skillful hunter. So he was very good at what he did when he went out hunting. He was very good. 
and he was his daddy's pride and joy and you know he was his the son the firstborn of the wife that he had that he loved and the firstborn son of his beloved wife so it makes sense that he would and not only was he the firstborn but he was doing real manly stuff and that was something that you know would make him daddy's pride and joy and then you have jacob who was given his name because he grabbed onto his brother's heel as his brother was coming out of the womb so that must have been real interesting because that means that Jacob was born shoulder first. So her uh, nether regions must have been wrecked, but that's completely besides the point. Um, so his name was given because uh, he grabbed his brother's heel. Apparently Jacob means supplanter. Now it was already decided beforehand that the younger, i.e. the one that is grabbing the heel, would serve the older. And this whole heel concept goes back to the beginning of Genesis where the son of man was going to be bruised at the heel by Satan, but, Satan, but the son of man would also crush the serpent under his heel. And so I can't help but think of that um, story, that mention of what God said was going to happen in Genesis. I can't help but see a parallel here. I can't really articulate what that parallel is, but if you are able to definitely put it out there in the Q&A, let me know how you see it, but I see it. I just can't articulate it. I digress. Uh, Jacob grew up being a mild, mild-mannered man, a tent dweller. He was one that was studying for, he was more of a studier and a shepherd, and he tended to his, uh, the family's flock. And as a result, he was more of his mother's son because he spent more time at home. It was only natural that he would be, you know, close to his mom because they spend a lot of time together. And I had to go through some commentaries and just kind of look up a bit of the background and a bit of what other more astute religious leaders, um, more eloquent and um, more dedicated men of the faith have studied and gone through um, different texts and their commentaries and so I did that because I needed to understand like what happened what's what's happening between these kids um, that they get to this point where Jacob tricks his older brother to give him something as important as a birthright and Jacob isn't the one at fault because that just don't make no sense to me so um in Jacob growing up in the tents and being mild, as they, the Bible calls him, he learned the customs of the traditions and he understood that the older child would be 
the one that would be getting a double portion of everything and he understood what the birthright situation was but being that he was close to his mom he was also familiar with what his mother was told by god when she was pregnant with them because me as a mother of only one child i do my best to tell my son everything so i can only imagine if mommy's boy is still staying close and learning from her probably how to cook and everything um then i'm sure that she told him of of their birth story and talked about it more than one time and essentially you know talked to him about what god said now it is speculated in the commentaries that I read and, you know, I, I can agree with it that uh, Rebecca definitely talked to Isaac about seizing an opportunity to make what God said was going to happen, happen for himself. Um, it's almost like he was trying to make, it's almost like Rebecca was trying to grooming her son to become the man that God already destined for him to be and it sounds really weird to put it that way but it's like she could have because this is all speculation we don't know what their conversations was like because it went from Jacob was born Jacob and Esau were born to what their occupation was as they were growing up to birthright being sold and it's like that's a crazy transition in three chapters three verses not even chapters in three verses so um Esau was daddy's boy Jacob was mommy's boy and Esau being a skillful hunter he was out doing what he'd do and he came back and he was absolutely famished super duper starving he was just so hungry and him being hungry allowed him to only smell to the smell of what Jacob was making allowed him to only see that and only want to gratify his stomach with what was satiating his eyes and so um I found it at first when I read it and Lord give me strength and clarity to understand it but when I first read it it's, it, it just seemed real convenient that Jacob was cooking right when his brother was coming and then I, I that thought was substantiated when the first thing he did instead of just offering his brother food because he was hungry first thing he did was say nah give me what you don't want and what I covet the most and it was like from the way that the bible puts it and from the way that the commentators read into it it's almost like it's okay that Jacob did that. He took advantage of his brother, yes, but it was for a good reason. And it's like, is that really how God allows for things to happen? If Jacob didn't do this, how would God have gotten Jacob to the position that he said he was going to be? Or when God said that, did he say that because he knew that Jacob would be at this place where he would trick his brother into giving him the birthright and then further go on to do other things that kind of solidify his name as well but had God not told Rebecca what was going to happen the way that it was going to happen that the older would serve the younger 
then Rebecca wouldn't have had put that seed of influence and that that's that seed of information in her son's mind to be able to do that so at the end of it all is it God's fault that all of that happened I mean kind of he said that's what was going to happen that the older would serve the younger however that's just putting all of the blame entirely on Jacob there is a lot to be said for how carelessly Esau just gave up something so important like his birthright because he was so famished so starving so hungry that he felt like if he didn't eat what does it matter if he had a birthright because he was just gonna die because of how famished he was and it was like that's an od exaggeration being that he worked every day and he lived in his father's house where he never went hungry so i can understand that it's not just Jacob's fault and Esau is thoroughly to blamed, um, thoroughly to be blamed in this situation. And something that I read in the commentaries was that he didn't even really say the name of the food. He just kept pointing out its color. And that's why the Bible says that Esau was then called Edom because he just kept mentioning the red, the red thing that you're making. I need that in my stomach now. Give it to me, please. Give me that red thing. And it's like Jacob saw that opportunity, saw the greed and the desperation in his brother's eyes to be like, yeah, this is my time to shine now. This is when I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, give me that birthright. If you really want this food, give me that birthright. What's a birthright to me? What's a birthright to a man that's about to die? That was e that was Esau's response, and that is really uh, a lens into how little he thought of the blessing of the firstborn, the blessing of his birthright, like, uh, and I'm getting a lot of this information, I think, a lot of this background knowledge from the commentaries where you it, it, it essentially gave a more zoomed out overview of what these three verses were saying um, because you can really see the dynamic of these brothers um, in this interaction between them. It's like you can see the kind of man that Esau was had been all that time and the kind of man that Jacob had been and Jacob was using his wits and his knowledge and his um, skill to uh, come up on his brother and get what he truly wanted from what was Esau's to receive that he didn't even want and it was like this man don't even want it i absolutely desire it to the point that i'm willing to trick him for it and he doesn't even care and it's like that part it's not that jacob put a gun to his head and coerced him into doing it esau willingly gave it away and what kind of confuses me is that if this conversation is enough for Esau to just give up his 
birthright because word is bond at that point they had literally had nothing else there was no contract really between the brothers it was just esau said he was going to do it and so that was it and then after he ate the food and was satisfied he despised his birthright that seemed like an odd way to end this chapter and also just an odd thing to say after he just gave it away did he despise it because he gave it away did he already despise it and now that it wasn't his anymore he was just like i don't really give a shit you know um but that birthright to end this commentary is specifically an early inheritance for the land of canaan and it's also a covenant blessing so you'd be covered under the protection of the lord their god that they served and it was also for the promised seed that would continue abraham's lineage so we went from abraham to isaac and now we have to go to a different seed to continue the lineage and it was naturally and through it was naturally through familial understanding and tradition that the older would be the one that would continue on whatever tradition and lineage and all of those responsibilities would be giving to the older child however jacob was aware that god had told his mother that the younger would be served by the older so all of these things put together it seems that jacob took upon himself the task of performing what god had said was going to be his destiny by making it happen through means of taking advantage of his brother. But his brother let it happen because he willful, willingly gave it away. So, definitely an interesting, very weird dynamic between these two and it paints a really different picture than what we understand twins to be now kind of understand them to be like you know joined at the hip type of thing and to be two sides of the same coin and i guess actually two sides of the same coin is a really good way to put this these brothers are two sides of the same coin they both had some kind of disdain for each other a little bit like jacob didn't think much of esau and esau didn't think much of jacob and their livelihoods was also real different they were two sides of the same coin in that they kind of didn't really respect each other they didn't really have that brotherly love between the two of them there was always that constant competition um, and I don't know, that seems to be two sides of the same coin, but the fact that Jacob was actually after the godly things and Esau was not made him a more suitable candidate for the birthright. And I really, really would love to know. And I wonder 
thoroughly um, how it is that God would have made Jacob the one who would get the inheritance, the birthright, and everything that goes along with it, had it not been for Jacob interfering the way that he did, had it not been for Rebecca leading him the way that he did. If God hadn't told Rebecca what was going to happen, would this whole situation even happen? Or would Jacob just kind of accept that because he wasn't the oldest, that he wasn't going to get that thing? Or even if God didn't mention it to Rebecca, would it have still been a thing that happened just that God didn't have forementioned it prior to their birth? These are some questions that I have. This is why this one is such a long episode. But thank you for joining us. And um, I'll see you on the next chapter, Genesis 26. God bless you. Until next time.